welcome one and all to this week's Wellbeing Financial Modcast. Why is it called a Modcast, Chris? It's called a Modcast because Ian Modmore uh, talked to us about a few things, but particularly about his life as a mod. Fantastic. Well, a few introductions first. My name is David Lloyd. Before you go on, David, um, I'm going to thought we'd have a little idea where we would switch introductions. So oh. I'm going to say who you are, and you might then want to say who I am. Oh, right, okay. okay? Now, uh, what listeners don't know, David's always said he's a writer and actor, and you might think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, he's a proper one, because he's on IMDb. How cool is that? Uh, and I've been looking through your filmography on IMDb, David, and you've been in Bottom, The Young Ones, The New Statesman, bit of a wrecked male thing going on there, uh, Allo Allo, Filthy Rich and Cat Flat, Brookside, Casualty, and of course, the one that you're most famous for, Made Marion and Her Merry Men. You're not allowed to speak. No, no, this is me talking about you now. Uh, and um, so your acting career was wide and varied. And then your filmography for what you've been writing for as well, EastEnders, I don't remember, NAFs. Uh, perhaps you tell us about that one. And Doctors, uh, which is what you're currently working on as well. So when David said he's a writer and actor, he's a proper writer and actor. Well, thank you very much. Yes, Gnafs was a, an animated German TV series that I wrote. I wrote a few of those back in the uh, early 2000s, actually. Very enjoyable. So, Chris, I'm afraid you're not on IMDb. Yet. <laughs> but you should be. So, uh, Chris is a financial advisor. Uh, he is a managing director of Ovation Finance, which is a very good financial advisor's firm. I know that because I'm one of his clients. Also, uh, one of his friends as well. So what else does Chris do? He's a guitarist. He's a cricket coach. Chris and I coach junior cricket at our local cricket club and have done for many years. And we enjoy doing that very much together as well. He's a convivial host. He loves to go down the pub. He loves to have dinner parties and get into arguments once he gets into his third bottle of red wine. Uh, but then we all like doing that as well. Uh, and uh, yes, and he's a very convivial and good friend and a good person to know. Well... How can I follow that up? Crikey, thank you, David. Uh, I, I should also mention David's an extremely good cook. Well, thank you very much. I you care. You really are that. into your food, aren't you? I love it. I love food. I love eating it and I love cooking it as well. So what's uh, having got all of that out of the way, what's on today's podcast, Chris? Today we are having the second part of my chat with Ian Moore, um, who is a stand-up comedian uh, and a mod. He's particularly interesting to our podcast because of this decision he made to live in France, which we talked about in our previous podcast, um, and his chosen career as a stand-up comedian. Uh, he also writes books and, of course, the chutney making. I was really touched in this, in this interview by the idea of mods and money. I think this is a really fascinating thing. I never expected there to be such a big connection. So let's hear what he's got to say about that uh, in a minute. And I'll, we'll also talk after his chat about a few other aspects of mod life, which I've been looking at. Excellent. But before we do, as ever, this is the part of the podcast where we want to hear from you. We still would like to hear suggestions from you as to what we can call this section. I've had a couple. Yeah. Um, the, the section where we read out tips from financial advisors. I've had a few suggestions uh, of what we can call it, but I can't use them, I'm afraid. So we need a few more. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So that's over to you then, uh, listener. Please let us have your suggestions as to what we could call this section. Uh, so let's have a little look. James Etheridge, I believe, has been in touch, Chris. Yeah, at James Etheridge on Twitter. Uh, he says that implementation is the key. He tweeted, knowing what you should do is easy. It's the keep doing it that is difficult. 
Yeah, that's true in life, generally, ain't that though, isn't it? Very, very good advice. Anybody else? Yeah, Jason Holmes, who is at Jason Holmes CFP. The CFP stands for Certified Financial Planner. He suggests a book called Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. That could be another part of the podcast, couldn't it, actually? Book tips, book yeah, suggestions. Yeah, yeah. We had The other day we had Oliver Berkman's book, The Antidote. Now there's Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. He specifically tweeted that we should make good decision on top of good decision. And this rather touched on the investor's best friend, compound interest. Einstein said the eighth wonder of the world is compound interest. So put away a little bit and often, and over a long time, that will compound into something significant. And I mean, that's great financial planning tip. Do a little bit and often. Look after the pennies. Exactly, the like my old mother said. Take care of themselves. Do you know, my dad used to have a pennies jar which uh, every time he got home, he would just empty his pockets of whatever coins were in there and throw them in this great big jar. And then when it got full, me and my brother would very excitedly count it out on the lounge floor. I can see it now. And uh, we would use that money for a trip to London. I think it's really good to have a target for what you spend that for. Like I said, ours was a trip to London. So we knew that there was something at the end of it. We now do this in our house as well. We have a, <laughs> we have a large, very large ceramic pig, which we call Phil. Phil the pig. David Cameron would love that one then. <laughs> right then, so that's those tips out of the way. And uh, tell us more about your interview with Ian Moore. So for those that haven't heard the previous podcast, Ian Moore is a stand-up comedian who lives in France but works as a comedian in England. He describes himself on his website and Twitter bio as comedian, author and chutney maker. He's particularly interesting for the Financial Wellbeing podcast because he's made a number of decisions which involve money and happiness. He's also written a couple of books about his experience of moving to France, A la Mod and Modnifique, which are really good, very, very funny. Um, in the first podcast, you will have heard that we talked about his stand-up comedy, his life, etc. And now we're going to hear a bit more about the fact that he is a mod and a few other aspects of his life in France. So here's the second part of my chat with Ian Mod Moore. So life choices, right? The mod. Yeah. That's a life choice as well, isn't it? Uh, how, how does one put this? I don't. I don't want to be always racist. You know, I, I, am I allowed to say you are a mod? Yes, of course you are. Is that how yeah. you put it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. I am a mod, and I. I don't see. I'm such a pure mod. I would argue that it's not a lifestyle choice that I was born into it. But like, like a comedian. Yeah, I realise that's just pretentious. No, <laughs> just just answer the question. I. It kind of was a lifestyle choice. Uh, this is quite a difficult. Thing. Well, I, I, I had a period of severe depression around the turn of the century and I, I was doing stand-up at the time I'd been going about three or four years three years and I just I needed a code I needed boundaries I needed something that that would give me some identity because again it was that kind of drifting thing and I and I wasn't coping very well with that at all and I went back to my youth when I was you know a mod when I was about 13 just missing the second the mod revival in the early 80s and i and i started dressing as a mod again and reading the background and 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 kind of following the vague principles of being a mod and it just felt good it felt better i know it sounds strange but it felt like i'd come home in a little way you know gave you a coat to wear an identity exactly exactly yeah yeah and i didn't and i never i never did it to you know, to, for a, an image for on stage, that was never why I did it because I'd always dressed very smartly anyway. You know, but yeah, it became it, it, it helped me out, and it still does. You know, it's part of it's definitely part of who I am. 
what are the principles of mod? I knew you'd ask. What I liked about mod, because I mean, at the basic, the very basic level, it's just it's just a youth movement, but born out of modernism and Sartre and jazz clubs in Soho in the late fifties. But what I really liked about it was that it's it was very open in one sense. In that the, the mods were the first people to to listen to and import black American music, and and they took you know, a bit of French style from, from the cigarettes or whatever they would have, and they'd have the Italian lambrettas, and they'd, they'd magpie the stylish and the best stuff around the world, and I really like that. And But actually defining mod, certainly these days, certainly for a middle-aged man in the 21st century, you can't say, well, it's a youth movement. Um, I, I wrote this definition. I'm going to try and remember what the definition is. It's, um, it's macro tolerance micro intolerance so you can be black white muslim gay transsexual it doesn't matter i'm not i'm never going to judge you on those things but if you're wearing say a leather jacket with the sleeves rolled up I, we're not going to get on <laughs> not a big shake and stevens fan that i'm getting <laughs> <laughs> i like that that's a lovely that's a lovely thing. okay i'm gonna i'm gonna try something that might be impossible here i'm gonna try and get you to uh, apply the principles of mod to finance right what would that translate into in money do you know what i it's, that's a very difficult thing you can't worry about the big issues you can't if there's a banking collapse in tokyo yes it will have a ripple effect but you know at the end of the day if you've got enough money to go out and get the weekly shop that's what that's what matters really you can't sweat the big stuff anymore I guess that's I guess that's a similar thing because I mean it's never cost me anything. It's never been although I dress like I dress, it doesn't cost me anything. People think I spend a fortune on clothes. I'm sorry, I had made that assumption. Is that not the case? No, that's not, no, definitely not. And that and that really is a mod principle. You know, they to to an extent they were, these were young working class white boys um, who were who had some disposable income and they'd spend their all their money on clothes. But equally, they'd have the clothes that they bought the year before and they get them altered to fit the new style rather than just go out and buy the new style. So there's that there's that spendthrift kind of attitude as well to look good, which I really like. And I I'm very fortunate I have a lot I have a lot of clothing sponsors. I'm quite I'm quite unique in comedy that I have you know, I get I get soaps and jackets and you shoes. Name names, it's all right. Go on. Okay, all right. Well, I've my I've Gibson um, Gibson of London. I do lovely vintage suits, Edwardian frock coats, which I'm heavily into. <laughs> um, delicious junctions shoes, uh, total scarves. Total scarves approached me just before start of the summer and said, "Would I mind if they sent me loads of scarves and could I wear them?" And I, you know, you don't oh, say right, then. <laughs> yeah, you, don't, you know, it's a, an amazing thing. And DNA, who did that too as well. It's so I don't. I could spend a lot of money, but I don't. But also the things that I do buy, you don't have to spend that. Money. I bought um I bought a Henley shirt in Sainsbury's last week when I was over. Seven quid shirt, and it looks fantastic under a boating blazer that I got for twenty quid off eBay. And that's that's what I, I really that makes me. That makes me feel quite chuffed. In fact, I'm quite a bore. If somebody comes up to me in conversation, they go, I really like your jacket. I, the first thing I'm inclined to say is, well, it's 25 quid off eBay. Well, I, I think we've got a joint book in us here, The Mod Guide to Money. 
sounds good. That sounds good. <laughs> well, actually, a lot of these principles are the same as, as as we talk about in the book. They're all about understanding what you want, spend your money on that. It doesn't have to be big things. That well-being comes from social relationships, not having a load of wedge in the bank. You know, it's not dissimilar. Absolutely. No, and I think I think that's right. I mean, the mod, the modernist, it, it's kind of a hedonist attitude you you go out you look your best and you go out and enjoy yourselves but at the end of the day they were also careful with their money you know they 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 said i've read lots of books on mod history and these young kids who were office boys basically they get whatever their wage was and they divide it up right that's going on a new suit um, which i'll pay for on tick so i can pay off like a quid a week doing that and then i've got that for a bit of petrol to get on to get <laughs> to get on a lambretta so i mean it was you know it's it's Good housekeeping. Good financial planning. Love it. Just to wrap this up, is there anything that you want to um, tell us about? Obviously, you've got your books out, A la Mode and... Um... C'est Magnifique. Thank you. Um, you're writing fiction now? Yeah, I just finished my first fiction one. Um, and I'm trying to find an agent for that because I I don't like doing things on my own. I don't. I need, like we were saying before about deadlines and stuff, I need to be pushed. And my previous literary agent was just was just really non-fiction. So it's a slow process looking for an agent for that. Tell me about it. Yeah, it's hard work selling fiction. Yeah. There are very, yeah. very few people who make a living out of fiction. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I'm aware of that. And this is genre fiction. I mean, it is pro it's proper commercial, you know, whodunit thriller type stuff. Uh, featuring a mod who lives in France, by any chance? Yeah. Yeah, funnily enough. Mod, a mod detective. <laughs> so is there anything else that you want to you know you want to mention the blog i guess the, the brexit blog the about becoming french i'm there's a new satirical tv show starting on dave called unspun with matt ford and i'll be appearing on that on occasion just talking about my imminent frenchness while wearing tweeds standing outside standing outside the british consulate my final thing you've got a tip for listeners about money it's taken me a long time, and it will happen again. But don't let the big stuff get you down. And if you, and if it is getting you down, talk about it. I know this isn't specifically a financial tip, but it's all related to the same thing. I think and just talk it out. And and lots of other people are in the same boat. And sharing that problem really, really does help. Ian, that's fantastic. I've really enjoyed talking to you. I could carry on for another hour or so. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I'll try and get down to Bristol as well, and we can we can have a pint after the show. That sounds like a great idea. Thanks a lot, mate. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, more interesting stuff. I really enjoyed the chat you had with him in a previous podcast, and uh, really good to hear his take on uh, mods and money then. I was uh, particularly taken with this notion that, and, and you pointed it out as well, there's an assumption somebody wears specific clothes, a bit of a peacock, is going to spend a lot of money on them but he's clearly made a choice that he's not going to do that a choice that's dictated by the mod lifestyle yeah and actually isn't that just perfectly in our well-being sweet spot you know work out what you want for life spend money on that and uh, these kids didn't have much money and therefore they had to make very conscious decisions um, I loved that phrase, macro tolerance, micro intolerance. Don't sweat the big stuff, but really care about what shoes you're wearing. You know, that's great, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, and also the fact that he'd, at a low point in his life, he'd found a set of rules that worked for him. Worked for him, if you like, on that small level, but also then gave him the self-confidence to work out 
by applying those rules what he was going to go out and do with his life. Part of that was a financial thing, moving his family to France. Um, but then he's able to carry on through his mod lifestyle, applying that to everything that he does, not just in general life, but specifically with money too. Yeah, and I really liked his um, his point at the very, very end there, which is exactly the same point that Michelle McGard has discovered from her year of not spending money. Talk about it. Don't put your head in the sand. Don't ignore your financial position. Talk about it. Whether uh, you're well off and you're wondering how to spend your money, whether you don't have any money and you're a bit worried, talk about it with people. Get it out in the open and that will get you control. And that was one of his big tips and that's one of Michelle's tips. I love that one. I've done a little bit of uh, reading up on, on mods and money for our modcast. So I just want to just talk a little bit for just the last minute or two. Um, because mod culture is very, very interesting. It's not something I've really thought about a great deal before. There's a suggestion from uh, some of the academics that have looked into this um, that mods, which comes from the word modern, because mods uh, listen to modern jazz, a bit like the beatniks in the 50s, I guess, that mods were trying to mock or break out of the class system by focusing on clothes, sharp hairstyles and generally having a good time. So looking sharp is absolutely at the core of being a mod. Um, I looked at a few websites and, and fashion was by far and away the most important thing, with music coming a distant second. I read one quote about mods in the 60s where young men would take brown paper with them to put on the bus seat and then sit bolt upright so their backs wouldn't touch the seats and get their suits dirty. <laughs> and when you're a young working class guy, you don't have much money and you've just spent it on a suit, as, as Ian says, a pound a week to pay it off, you're going to look after it, aren't you? You know. So that also is the reason that Italian motor scooters became the archetypal mod mode of transport, especially Vespers and Lambrettas, because you have to step through, not over it. And therefore, you don't get your suit greasy or oily. So that's why Vespers and Lambrettas are the, are the mod oh, mode of transport. I never knew that. That's very interesting. Yeah, it makes sense, though. Mods then grew to be a movement, um, mainly down to improvements in standard of living, the fact that young men and women uh, living in cities had a bit of disposable income, and they had increasing opportunities to attend colleges and universities. And you can therefore see that this is, fits in perfectly with our financial well-being. Because one of the five key planks that we get to in the book is that People need to get control of their daily finances. They need to go through their bank statements, work out their subsistence level of income, by which we mean the amount of money that you need for a happy life for you, a life that you want to have. So it's going to include your mortgage or your rent. Uh, it's going to include food and it's going to include, for a mod, their suits. So working out, getting control of your daily finances, working out your subsistence level of income, that's what mods do. They, they understand that concept brilliantly. And as Ian mentioned in our chat, these working class kids would work out how much they have to spend and make conscious and deliberate decisions on how much to spend on clothes, music. Um, so they're very early adopters of this principle of gaining control of daily finances. I think I can safely say, Chris, that this is the first time that a 1960s working class culture youth movement has been applied to the notions of financial planning. I think we've crossed, a, uh, crossed the Rubicon here. <laughs> uh, next week it'll be uh, rockers. Shall we have a look at that? <laughs> it's been a really, really interesting chat, actually, Chris. So thanks very much for listening. As ever, tweet us your thoughts, go to the website, and we'll be back very soon with another podcast. If you want to be notified of upcoming podcasts, make sure you click the subscribe button. For more information on the topics discussed in today's podcast and to purchase a copy of the Financial Wellbeing book, please visit www.financialwell-being.co.uk. 
We'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas on financial well-being. You can send us an email at contact at financialwell-being.co.uk. You can follow us on Twitter at FinWellBeing. Chris is Ovation Chris, and David is at David underscore Backwell. This has been an Ovation Finance production. Thanks for listening to the Financial Wellbeing Podcast. More interesting than you might think. And they didn't teach me that in school. It's something that I learned on my own. The power is measured by the pound or the fist. It's as clear as this.